0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. It's common for us to say or hear that God loves us. However, every follower of Jesus needs to take a step back from that statement and consider what it means for them personally. The night before the cross in John chapter 15 Jesus makes a statement that Pastor Jim says he probably wouldn't believe had it not come from the lips of Jesus himself. Jesus actually compares his love for his followers with the love the Father has for Jesus. This is key to going beyond the concept of God loving you to daily experiencing his love. Here's Pastor Jim in part one of his message, The Joy of Abiding Love.
1: So I'd just like to read the verses again, John chapter 15, verses 9 through 11. Jesus says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. And the title of our message today is, The Joy of Abiding Love, The Joy of Abiding Love, as we continue our message series, uh, The Abiding Christian. Well, let's set the scene. It's the last night before the cross. The Last Supper has ended. Jesus is teaching the apostles on their way out to the Garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane presumably their responsibility to abide or remain or stay close to him after his death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven they will do that via the word of god and the person of the holy spirit now jesus turns to his love for the apostles and he also commands them to continue in that love and to be constantly aware of his love why well I think for, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're not, we're glad that you're with us today, but but being aware, unaware or doubting Jesus' love for you, which is a fact if you're a follower of Jesus, but being unaware of it or doubting it, you're going to struggle to stay close to Jesus. And so let's pick up verse 9. Verse 9 is, if verse 9 was not in the Bible, I would not believe it was true. I'm, dead, I'm not serious on this verse. Look at what he says here. It's amazing. He says, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. I mean, think about that. Another version, most versions throw the word so in there. It says, as the father loved me, so I have also loved you. And then he says, abide in my love. Some of your versions say, remain in my love. And so here, this amazing statement, Jesus compares his love for his followers with the love that his father has for him. Did you hear that? That's, in a sense, I can't even really get my arms around that. Now, does God the Father love the apostles? Yes. Does, does he love all followers of Jesus? Yes. So what is, what is this here? Well, many Bible scholars would say that Jesus is the mediator of, the Heavenly Fa- of our Heavenly Father's love, that we experience Jesus' love, or the Father's love, through Jesus. And Jesus says that his love for his followers is like the love that his Father has for him. Now, the idea probably seems to be that, that God's love is a constant, that God's love is unchanging, that God's love is a committed love. So let's just think about some of the ways that God loves Jesus. When we studied Matthew, at the end of Matthew chapter, chapter 3, verse 17, when Jesus is being baptized, there's a voice that comes from heaven. It says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He said the same thing in uh, Matthew chapter 17 at the Mount of Transfiguration. So I have a quick question for you. Here's a quiz. Here's a quiz. You, if I asked you if God loves you, most people would say, well, yes, I know that God loves me. Do you think that it's possible that God could also be pleased with you? He said about Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Is it possible God could love you? Yes, you say yes. But is it possible that he could also be pleased with you? My answer to that question is yes. Notice Jesus says, I have loved you. It's not like, well, I used to love you, now I don't anymore. No, no, the idea is that with the cross in view, it's a completed love and it's an eternal love. Nothing is going to change that love that he has for his followers. And then from out of an experience of that love, now here's the thing, if we take his love for granted, we're not gonna really experience it, but from out of an experience of that love flows a transformed, fruit-bearing life. When God changes us, when we become followers of Jesus, he changes our hearts. And if, if there's no change, you need to really look at yourself and say, am I really a follower of Jesus? Has God really done this amazing work of the new birth of grace in my life? And then you will begin to, as we covered in previous weeks, you will begin to bear fruit. You will begin to be different. Remember Jesus said that he is the vine, we are the branches. So the life of the branch then, the life of the vine then flows through the branches. Now of course, the love between the father and the son is different in many ways. Uh, It's an eternal love in the sense of they have known each other for all eternity. God knew who you were in eternity past and who I was, but you, you and I are just getting to know him now. The scripture also says that the Father gave all things to the Son. Right now, I'm glad he hasn't given all things to us. Things will change in, in, in the next life. And certainly, the love of God become a man in the person of Jesus Christ and dying on the cross out of love for his Father and then being seated at the right hand of, the God, of God now is different than the love that we experience from God. But we also have to understand that God's love is a love without beginning, without end, and that's the love that Jesus and the Father had. It's a perfect and enduring love, and it's a love that's available to all people who will turn to God and put their trust in Jesus. And if you're here with us today and you've never done that, I want you to know that that love is available to you. Admit that you've just been going your own way and turn around and come back to God and look up at the cross. You have to get to God through the cross. You get to God through Jesus. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but through me. You come to the cross and put your trust in Jesus instead of yourselves. Ask him to forgive your sins. So we have to remember about the apostles. The apostles are the beginning of the church. And the church is what we call, the scripture calls, the bride of Christ. So how much does Jesus love the church? Well, way, way, way back at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, God said about a marriage that a man leaves his father's house and is joined to his wife. That's actually what Jesus did. He left his father's house, he left heaven, and he's come to heaven, come to earth, sorry, and been joined to his bride. He left heaven to find a bride. Again, the New Testament calls that the church. That's how much Jesus loves us. He was willing to leave the glory of heaven for this place. (laughs) I don't know what you know think about heaven, but at least you'll have to admit that it's gotta be better than this place. There's beautiful parts of this place, but there's also lots of trouble here. There's something else sometimes I think about Jesus, God becoming a man in the person of Jesus Christ, we all die, but Jesus didn't have to. Yet, like his father's undying love for the son, Jesus has an undying love for you. And if you don't know that or you don't believe that, just look at the cross and realize, look at Jesus dying on the cross. Imagine Jesus dying on the cross. Imagine that you're the only sinner in the world, because that's really all that matters at this moment, <laughs> that And he's there dying for you. That shows his great love. You see, Jesus' death on the cross told us that he held nothing back. We say in sports, he left nothing on the field. He he held nothing back, nor did our heavenly father in giving the world, giving us his one and only beloved son to die on the cross. Now, I know we say that every week. The Apostle Paul said, when I came to you, to the Corinthians, I pretended to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Did he know other stuff? Of course he knew other stuff. But that was the message. It was the message of the crucified Savior. But let that sink in for a minute. God gave to you and to me his only son. I mean, think about that. I have two sons. I love all of you. I wouldn't give them for you. I'm just being honest with you. I got my little grandson. Wouldn't give him for you. I love you, but I wouldn't give him for you. And God loved us so much. God loved you so much that he gave his only son. And Jesus loved you so much that he was willing to die for your sins. He didn't commit any, but he was willing to die for your sins. Why? That's what's here in this verse. So you and I could experience the kind of love that they have. There's a song we sing, you know, this is amazing love, right? Amazing love, how could it be that thou, my God, would die for me? I mean, that is amazing love. Yet really knowing that love, and let let me just pause for a second. A lot of people will say stuff like this. Well, God loves everyone. That is not what I'm talking about at all. That, 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 that just flippant, God loves everyone kind of love. No, really knowing that love is according to Jesus' experience as we abide in his love or we remain in his love. Now, as we've saw in previous studies, this requires a grace-motivated effort on our part. We have to be consciously aware of staying close to Jesus lest we miss the experience of it. In other words, We experience God's love as we respond to God's love. Did you hear that? It's important to understand that. We experience his love as we respond to his love. If you never think about the cross, you're gonna have a tough time experiencing God's love. Now, despite the fact that we may and we do fail in the Christian life, Jesus still loves us. That doesn't mean we throw our hands up That means we abide, we must press on in the Christian life and in his love. Now, in the time that we find ourselves living in right now, that's super, super important because in difficult times, whether it's now or the difficult times that will come in the future, or some of you have learned this from difficult times in the past, in difficult times, we must trust in the Lord's unchanging, constant, and immeasurable love. But abiding is more than just thinking about it. It's being convinced that nothing can separate you, as the scripture says, from the love of God. Now, I have found over the years, and it's cu- quite a sad thing, that many followers of Jesus focus on their specifically just living out the Christian life. They focus on their inconsistent love for God, So let's just get that out in the open. Our love for God is inconsistent at best, but it's important to see that our focus ultimately really should be on the experience of God's love for us. Now we'll see that more when we get to the next verse because we're actually going to see that when we obey the Lord, that's how we enter into the experience of God's love. So again, it, it's much more than just knowing in your, in your head about God's love. It's much more about than just saying, oh, well, I know God loves me as if, like that's a, almost a meaningless statement in a lot of people's you know, thinking. What we really have to do is we have to respond to God's love. 1 John chapter 3, verse one, just the beginning says this, behold what manner of love The Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Think about that. You are not a child of God, and then you put your trust in Jesus, and he adopted you into his family. Why? Sheer love. Sheer love. Think about that. Think about that. Another version says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. I love that word, lavished that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Way back in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 31.3, the Lord said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. So how do we focus on this in such a busy and uncertain world? I think one of the things that I find helpful is I'm often reflecting on the certainty of it. I can't, I don't let myself talk myself out of it. I doubt my doubts. And I, I just think about the certainty of God's love for me in Christ. And, and we contemplate the certainty of the father and son's love based on this verse and, and how that certainty is now ours to enjoy. When I, when I look at this verse, I'm thinking, wow, what love that is. It's as if God is shouting to all of us, come to me and let me love you. Come on, come. And the soul searching question is this, how will you answer that invitation? How will you answer it when he says, come to me? But there's something that's important to see. We'll really see this as we get to the next verse is that love that gives all asks for all. That's why we talk about in a marriage ceremony that a husband gives himself to his wife and a wife gives herself to a husband. If you're holding something back, you're not going to have a fruitful marriage. And so Jesus gives his whole life for us and asks us to give our whole life to him. See, abiding, you say, well, why do I have to abide? Why does he want me to do that? Abiding makes sure that it's not a one-way love. See, if it was just Jesus dying for us and we had to do nothing, that we had no part in it, then it would be a one-way love. Almost you could say that Jesus would be the abused spouse because we would go off doing whatever we want. But you see, when we experience his love, when we abide in his love, so it's a two-way street that will make any sacrifice you give to Christ a joy, and not a burden. Sometimes people will say to a pastor, i will say, well, I hope to see you Sunday, and they go, I have to come, I'm serving. (laughs) (laughs) Missing the point, loved ones, missing the point. When we give all, when we take all from Christ, and we give all, serving the Lord is a joy, not a burden, because having experienced God's love, we are Changed by love. Isn't there a radio show by that name? We are changed by love to serve our Savior. The scripture teaches that a follower of Jesus is being conformed into the image of Christ. Much of that will come. You'll start to see that in your life that comes out of abiding in Christ's love. And that is what much of the new birth is about, becoming one with Christ beginning to experience a divine life of infinite love. Do you know what that is in store for the Christian? It is a divine life of infinite love. Now, some of you might say, okay, I'm I'm in. I want to abide. I want to experience that love. I, I want it. How do I do it? Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, he says, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide. And the idea of that, of that verb there is as I am forever abiding in his love. Read it again. It's a conditional statement. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. 1 John 4.19 says this, we love him because he first loved us. Us. So, I think logically we think of it this way that the love of Christ for us created our love for him. And the more he loves us, the more love it creates in us. And Christ wants to love the world through us. So, he gives us so much love as the Father loved him that God's people should be people who are overflowing with love to serve others. Yet there's something very, very interesting here. Jesus says that he remained in his father's love through obedience. Oh no, Pastor Jim just used the O word. Yeah, that's what he said. In other words, our obedience to Jesus, imperfect as it may be, is a demonstration of the reality of the love we have for God. Let's say that again. Our obedience to Jesus is a demonstration of the reality of the love we have for God. And as we've seen in previous studies, this type of abiding, this type of obeying, this type of loving is not passive It is an active obedience to the ways and the will of God himself. And here in verse 10, (laughs) this is the funny thing about verse 10. By simply repeating what Jesus said. So if I just went out to talk to some Christians somewhere, and I happen to quote verse 10 to them without identifying it as the words of Jesus, simply by repeating what Jesus said, that if we keep his commandments, we will abide in his love, I will make a lot of enemies of many pro- professing Christians who, once they hear the word commandments and keeping them or obeying them, they want to yell out, legalism, legalism. Some think that we are saved, our sins are forgiven, we'll end up in heaven, we get adopted by God by strict obedience to the word of God. Not so. Not so. That's legalism. We're saved by grace, through faith, by the blood of Jesus Christ, by Jesus' perfect life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven. It is the, the, what we call the work of Christ. That's how we are saved, and we respond to that. We receive the benefit of that by putting our trust in Jesus Christ. Others say, oh, those people are way off you have to obey everything perfectly and that's how you're going to get to heaven or you go to heaven by being a good person. The Bible says none are good, no, not one. So other people will say it doesn't really matter. That's not right either. That's what we call license. So we have legalism on the one hand and we have license on the other. Don't listen to those people. Don't. Listen to Jesus who after we are saved by grace, we are told There are obligations of the Christian life. Here, Jesus telling the 11 apostles, Judas is gone, presumably, that, that their obedience matters to God. It is an evidence that one is truly a follower of Jesus, truly a Christian. Again, people cry out, commandments, law, legalism, keeping regulations to be saved, that's the opposite of the grace of God. Yes, in the grace of God in salvation, this is the grace of obedience. And and Jesus himself says here in many other places as well that he lived according to the commandments of God. To ignore what Jesus is saying here, to disregard what Jesus is saying here, is to choose not to walk in the way of Jesus. And if we're not walking in the way of Jesus, what way are we walking? There's only two options. We're walking in the way of the world, even though it might look religious, even though it might look Christian. You see, Jesus and the Father are one, which means that the commands of both the Father and the Son are one in the same. The Father and Son are on the the same page. Jesus is teaching us that we must obey the Lord in order to abide. 1 John 5, 3, the whole epistle, the letter of John, 1 John is a lot of is about this stuff, about abiding. And he wrote this: For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Hmm, what's he saying? <laughs> Being very plain with us. And His commandments are not burdensome. Isn't that an interesting statement? Is that really what you think most Christians think? His commandments are not burdensome. Well, if you're abiding, if you're empowered by the Spirit and the Word of God, in that sense, they won't be burdensome. If you're walking in the way of Jesus, they won't be burdensome. If you're walking in the way of the world, the way of the flesh, they're going to be very, very burdensome. So here's, again, another soul-searching question. Do we want to keep his commandments? Knowing that abiding is tied to that. Do we want to do that? Now, interesting, you go, well, are we sure Jesus really meant that? Well, he actually said this three times in chapter 14. He says it here. He'll say it again in verse 14 in this chapter. That's five times in a chapter and a half. It's how we grow in his love and how
0: we grow in His strength. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Change by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Change by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Change by Love.